Welcome back to The Shelf Oddities. I'm Serafina. And I'm Eri. And today we are talking about Victorian morning etiquette. But before we get into that, Serafina, how was your weekend? You know, it was actually pretty good. We just watched the Elvis biopic. Is that what they're called? Biopics? I have no clue. It's basically just like a dramatic... It's not really dramatized, though. His life was crazy. But anyway, it's the Elvis movie. Okay. Um, which is told from like the story of his manager basically okay which is like wild it was crazy it was actually really good it was done by Boz Lerman the same one who did The Great Gatsby oh alright so like the cinematography great the sound great music great the acting honestly was pretty good too so even if you're not into Elvis or like don't really fuck with his vibes I totally get that but the movie was honestly pretty interesting it was pretty cool I I recommend it just for entertainment, maybe not edification, <laughs> but it was very entertaining. How was your weekend? My weekend was good. When we we're recording this, I went to my first haunted house of the season. Um, it was very fun. There were not enough fog machines <laughs> ever. Um, I, th- I always think there need to be more. There's nothing better than the... I describe it as a maple syrupy smell of the mm. fake fog, you know? And also, it wasn't cold enough. It never yeah. is. Today's the first day that it's been breathable outside yeah it's i think the high today is like 76 and i'm very grateful for that me as well and it's overcast less sun it's supposedly we're gonna get some rain later too good which would be really nice especially if it's during house of dragons i would love a thunderstorm in the background of all of that (laughs) and would you go back to said haunted house i absolutely would Yeah. yeah uh there was one of them that was completely pitch black um which is in interesting theme Mm. and they basically had a rope on the wall and you held onto the rope so that you could figure out where you were going and they didn't even have to have that many scare actors in there really because you were just scared the entire time because you could see absolutely nothing so i do feel like even if you're not afraid of the dark having to be like a functioning person yeah and nothingness is kind of wild. It but was, you went with, like, a bigger group, right? Uh, yeah, we had a group of five. Oh, I nice. was in the front, though. Oh. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> How brave of you. Uh, you know, it made for a great experience. Well, I'm glad that you had a good time. Me too, and I can't wait for more. Yeah, you're going to tear up this season of Hollow of Halloween Town. You're going to tear up this season of Haunted Houses. Absolutely am. So, Serafina, what oddity are you feeling today? Today, I am feeling like a cave painting done by a Paleolithic shamanic dream recaller. They're basically the first dream journals. Okay. And I'm just feeling a little old, a little dusty, and just like full of nightmares. So like, that's how I'm feeling today. (laughs) That's fair. Um, And the oddity that I'm feeling today is basically a vintage cigar box full of teeth. Just teeth. I don't know if they're adult teeth, children teeth. That's just where we're at today. Okay great. (laughs) So let's go ahead and take us back to the Victorian era today. Uh, I wanted to start the beginning of this going over some basics of the Victorian era because we've mentioned it in previous episodes but haven't actually dug deep. So I wanted to start at the top and then kind of work our way down to my specific. So why were the Victorians so obsessed with death? 
really, it's just because it was happening all of the time <laughs> during the Victorian era. So they made elaborate rituals to deal with it. They were dealing with death from infants and adults. Um, I think I saw the life expectancy for women at the time was like 43 years old, which is crazy. Ouch. So that's why. If it's happening all the time, they just had to be ready for it. So in today's episode, I'm going to specifically cover Victorian morning jewelry and Victorian morning dress. I also want to talk about some fun specifics about Victorian morning etiquette because I think it's interesting. So Victorian morning etiquette covers a lot of things. It goes from clothes to funeral etiquette to burial etiquette. It really touches a lot of pieces. And the etiquette was societal and you were judged for not following the rules. There were also a lot of superstitions kind of wrapped up in it that really impacted how everyone responded. So, one of the things that I saw were that Victorians carried the deceased out of the home feet first so that they couldn't look back and call someone else to follow them. Really? Yes, wow. which I think is so interesting. It's oddly intentional. Yes! Yeah. Right. Um, curtains were closed and mirrors were covered until after the funeral so the deceased's image wouldn't get trapped in a looking glass. I appreciate Which, that. You, right, I said this was fascinating because of portals. Anytime you yeah. think of mirrors and portals, th that makes a lot of sense to me. The biggest difference between the Victorian era and now is you don't die at home very much anymore. Yeah, so true. these things happen significantly less because you're not at home. <laughs> it was thought that you might be next if you saw yourself in a mirror at a house where someone had recently died. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I have bruh as my comment for that because <laughs> that's how uh, I felt. Like, truly. <laughs> like, what do you even do? To prevent bad luck, all clocks were stopped at the time of death. That's also fascinating to me. That is. And then, like, do you. Did they keep them like that forever? Do you know what's weird? Right. What's the proper time yeah. to then go back? To fix them, yeah. What's weird is I feel like I hear that in a lot with hauntings. Like, clocks will stop when people die. I have heard that, too. But for them to intentionally do it is right. also very interesting. Yep. Um, and somewhat creepily, Victorians turned family photographs face down to protect family and friends from possession by a spirit of the dead. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, they say that photography is... Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So that just trapped. feels like... Not something I would associate with, like, Victorian yeah, era. me either. Hmm. So, I also wanted to mention that this is when everyone was super scared of being buried alive. So, a lot of the things that does we... That, does that fear ever go away? It does society? not. It does not. Okay. But at this time, it was actually happening fairly frequently. What? Uh, and they, they had a reason to be afraid. I'm not covering buried alive in this episode. I will be covering it at a no, later time. No, I hate I'm thinking not. about it. I <laughs> really not. don't love that. I'm not. Um, so... Let's go into what the Victorian era actually is. So the Victorian era was the period of Queen Victoria's reign from the 20th of June in 1837 until her death on the 22nd of January in 1901. After Queen Victoria's husband Albert died in 1861, she really set the standard for Victorian morning etiquette because she went full ham. Full ham. She spent centuries in 
Victorian morning dress. She made her entire uh, servant staff also stay in mourning dress for centuries after Albert died. Um, can I hold on? Centuries? Centuries. How long yes. did she live for? Um, so she died in 1901. So I don't have her age here. We'll have to revisit that at the end of the so episode. So do they but... mean like she lived during two different centuries? So they talked about it that way, or yeah. like was she 300 years old? She was not 300. Years. She's not a vampire. <laughs> no. I was like, hold on, what the, what are we talking <laughs> what about? What happened? <laughs> So she was dressing in black every day and keeping the home exactly the same as the day that Albert died. I read somewhere that servants still set out Albert's clothes, brought hot water for his shaving cup, and scoured his chamber pot and changed bed linens every day even after his death. And this was done so she didn't get possessed? It was just part of her mourning period and Got she it. just kept it up and everyone else had to be involved. But because she did it for so long, yeah. it really set the standard for everyone else in their mourning periods. So, and, be and the mourning etiquette and funerals became more lavish after right. that too, because she had spent so much time. She was kind of like Mamie Eisenhower of her time. Yes. With yeah. all like the cultural Yes. Stuff. Okay, I got it. So that's really setting our standard here. So um, I'm going to start with talking about Victorian morning jewelry. I did watch two YouTube videos um, about this. One of them was from Ask a Mortician, which if you haven't looked at their YouTube video and you're interested in things that I normally cover, um, her channel is really great and she's very informative and I super appreciate her. I also listened to a YouTube video by... Historte. Oh. And that's H I S T O R T E A. Like a drama channel for history? <laughs> yes, and she I was in full morning dress uh, talking about about morning dress and morning etiquette, and it was a very interesting video. We love a commitment to the bit. Absolutely, we do. So, what is Victorian morning jewelry? Morning jewelry, which is typically rings, brooches, and pendants, were dripping with symbolic meaning about grief and loss the deceased person's hair was also typically included in the design. So mourning jewelry itself has been around since the 16th century, but was most closely associated with the 19th century or the Victorian era, which makes sense because we contribute a lot of these really crazy death things to the Victorian era. <laughs> so the Georgians wore mourning jewelry with dark, macabre themes. Popular motifs included skeletons, grave diggers, and coffins. The jewelry of this time was designed as a memento mori, or basically a reminder that death happens to all. This reminded people to live their fullest. They wanted to make sure that, hey, we know it's coming, so time to party it up. Um, I also wanted to mention what the Geor Georgian era is because I had no clue and I hadn't actually heard of that before. So the Georgian era is the period in British history named after the Hanoverian kings George 1, 2, 3, and 4. And I just thought it was interesting to throw that in here because I didn't, I don't ever hear. Were they all in a row? Uh, yeah. So it's just like George, George, George. Yep, George, George wow. and the George. The Georges. The Georges. The mourning jewelry of the Victorian era had softened to act as tokens of remembrance for the deceased. So now the motifs were symbols of grief, willows, angels, clouds, doves, initials to name a few. 
This is where the black color comes in. Uh, the black color of most of these jewelry pieces symbolize mourning. There was also white color. Um, some of the white accents on some of the pieces symbolized the loss of an innocent, usually a child or a young woman. There's also symbolism of urns and gravestones. Cemetery and funeral items represented the loss and then commemorated that in the jewelry. So I wanted to go into the materials used in antique mourning jewelry because that's what makes it interesting. <laughs> so some of the quote normal materials as I have here um, that these would be made of would be dark colored materials such as jet, onyx, black glass, sometimes called French jet, black enamel, dark tortoise shell, and black fossilized wood. You'd also sometimes see diamond, pearls, and white enamel. So they were really honing in on the, we want it to be classy, but we also want it to be a little darker, making sure that we're covering all our bases. So some of the normal for that time, but as we see, not normal now, which <laughs> I have in my notes, uh, human hair. Yeah. Is one of the biggest things that you see in Victorian morning jewelry. England imported 50 tons of human hair each year during the Victorian period to supplement loved ones' hairs in morning jewelry. 50 tons. Wait, so it wasn't your loved one's hair? It was somebody else's? I think they were supplementing, so most of the time it was, but in the event that they had to... 50 tons doesn't feel like supplemental. <laughs> I think it depends on how big the art piece was, right? Yeah, that makes Because you're going to need less for, like, a pendant, but more for, like, a brooch. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, human teeth was another yeah. thing that was utilized. That one was a bit rarer to find in morning jewelry, uh, but they mostly appeared in rings, which is fair. Cloth or fabric, some pieces contain scraps of fabric, likely from the deceased's clothing. I actually really like that one um, because something that I actually did, uh, I lost both of my grandparents um, over the last like 10 years or so and I actually have shirts from both of them and the plan is to kind of keep the scraps and do like a shadow box type thing mm -hmm. so it's interesting to see people have always been doing that really yeah I feel like that's the one thing as humans our grief unites us in a way yes I would agree with that everyone grieves differently but that pain of loss I think is one thing that really does link us it's very universal so portraits and photographs are also included. Uh, some pieces incorporate tintype portraits or miniature paintings of the deceased. This is common in lockets where a photo or portrait might occupy one side of the locket and a lock of hair the other side, which I think is super interesting because when I think of portraits during that time, I think of like elaborate, large, like mm -hmm. over the fireplace family paintings. So them doing it on like a small scale is, is pretty cool. So different types of mourning jewelry include mourning lockets. That is the most common and the most significant piece of Victorian mourning jewelry. I think it's the one I've seen the most. Yeah, I, me as well. Watch fobs with hair. What? Yeah, watch fobs. I thought that was very interesting because we don't really think about watches as much, I think, because everyone has a cell phone to look at time. So when you say watch fob, do you mean like the ones that like hang on chains from like pockets? Because to me, fobs are like, like your electronic key. <laughs> That's what they're called. So I want to make sure that I'm thinking of the right thing. A fob is a vest pocket in a gentleman's outfit. So yeah, so, so I was kind of right. On the yeah. Chains. yeah. And they had human hair in them. Yep. 
How interesting. Super interesting. Uh, pendants and crosses. So some crosses were made of human hair, while others were made of jet or enameled metal. I don't know why I didn't consider making a cross shape out of human hair, but I mean, the religious part of all of this was a lot more common back then. So that it feels more like you're gonna get possessed though, <laughs> in my personal opinion. <laughs> it does feel slightly cursed. <laughs> um, mourning bracelets, so that would include bangles, woven hair chains, beaded bracelets, and more. I've actually seen quite a lot of those. They also do woven hair rings, hmm. which are fairly interesting. You know what's weird? That's becoming a thing on TikTok. It is. Have you seen those? Yeah, I do have something in here talking about modern Victorian Oh, let me not jewelry. jump the gun. My bad. <laughs> no, I was actually just about to get there. Um, one thing I wanted to also mention was morning brooches. So that's the last in my list of items. But I wanted to mention that artists are picking up Victorian morning jewelry type things in this era. So TikTok is one where you've seen like a lot of them. Um, I've also, in the Ask a Mortician video, she was talking about an artist who is really making waves on um, restarting Victorian morning jewelry type jewelry. It's very interesting that we're getting it back into that. I think it's cool. I think that's one of my favorite things about the internet. It's like people bringing back really old crafts yeah. that got to the wayside and not to distract us for long. But the reason I got into that is because I followed another creator who was making like this delicate perfume that was a Victorian style thing where you like take these delicate flowers and place them on top of like lard okay. because it's the only thing that can like hold... I don't know if it's actually lard. Don't quote me on that. It could have been coconut oil. Not that that's the thing that would have been in Victorian era, but I can't remember exactly what it was. And I followed that creator because I was like, this is so cool. Like to see this person get support and have support for their business to be able to reinvigorate this craft that we had lost to the ages. And now that's what's happening with on TikTok is all of this older style morning jewelry um, so we will definitely put a link below to some of the creators we follow. So that way, if you're interested in seeing what people are doing now, definitely. Yeah, it's very cool that they're revitalizing basically a dead art. I do hope that this Victorian, the morning etiquette stuff becomes a little bit more mainstream because selfishly, that means that it's more available to me. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind of just put it together that it makes sense as well that this would happen after COVID. That does make sense. Because yeah. when you had brought up to me that you were talking about Victorian morning today, I was talking about how in our Winchester episode, we're going to talk more about the spirituality movement mm -hmm. that came after the Civil War because so many people were grieving and they needed to find a way to work through that. So it kind of makes sense that this would have a resurgent now. Yeah. That's so interesting. Once again, grief is what unites us. Absolutely. Um, so now I want to switch gears a little bit and go into Victorian morning dress. So the type of morning dress and the length of time one wore it was circumscribed by etiquette instead of laws. So in a push and pull of varying options, morning dress in the Victorian era goes beyond simply just wearing black, which I think that's what everyone thinks of. Yeah. It triggered an entire response in the rules of fashion, bringing peace to some and striking a chord in others. Its rules brought order to an otherwise unstable time, and it also exploited pockets and costly expenses, which ain't that just the way. That is the way. 
Most of all, morning dress served as a tangible reminder of what notoriously is hardest to express loss of loved ones, which is reasonable. Basically, the morning dress progression is a visual display of the emotional progression of grief through the progression, however long, of wearing black to lighter colors. Morning dress also triggered a variety of positive and negative opinions. On one side, morning dress brought acknowledgement of loss as a way to grieve, but on the other, it also made it really hard for those who didn't have the money to do it the way the rich did it. So, according to Catherine Ann Edmonston of North Carolina, morning dress kept the memory of her late father with her. In her 1861 diary entry, she wrote, Making up my morning for my dear papa, and today for the first time put it on. The sight of this black dress brings the cause why I wear it more fully to my mind, if possible brings him more vividly before me. On the other hand, the rules and regulations of morning dress did elicit classism and brought hardship to those who could not afford to purchase entirely separate fabrics for mourning. Godey's Magazine, Volume 54 from 1857, elaborates on this detail. We quarrel with the fashion, but not the custom of mourning, whose means would not allow the additional expense into making it at time when money could least be spared. The poorest and those who are more to be pitied than the absolute poor, those who try to conceal straitened means and keep up an appearance of comfort, were thus forced into expenditures that required the pinching and saving of months, and sometimes years, if met at all. So basically when it comes to Victorian morning dress, the biggest thing to remember is that they didn't reuse the clothes. They Um. would rebuy everything. You didn't want to keep things from your old mourning period because of superstition. Do you know what's really interesting and I just thought about? One, that's like the the start of fast fashion. It does feel like Basically. I do mention that a little bit later. Oh, okay. Well then cut that then. If you, (laughs) you know, if you want to cover it. But also like I do feel like in this day and age like if the rich were still doing this the comments would be, oh, do you hate the planet? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you eco-terrorist. You're not wrong. So it's really funny to think about, like, how classism has changed in such a way. It has. Even yeah. though, it's don't get it wrong, it's rampant. But it has changed in a way. It has. I wanted to include an important note before getting too deep into this. Black was still a popular color to wear outside of morning rituals. So while it was obviously more popular when you're doing your your mm-hmm. period of mourning people still wore it it's not like it was crazy to be goth i was gonna ask you that was any of this seen as goth at the time or no. this was like strictly therapeutic it like, was part of the morning etiquette part how of interesting the is that yeah very interesting uh so the length of mourning very depend The length of mourning varied depending upon the relation to the deceased, personal choice, financial status, age of the mourner, and social expectations. Just to break it down, and most of this is coming from a woman's perspective, of course, because a woman was expected to mourn longer than a man for most of this, so a woman should be in mourning for their deceased husband for two years. Oh. One year for mourning their parents one year for mourning a deceased child, six months for mourning deceased grandparents, six months for mourning deceased friends, when the mourner received an inheritance, 
Six months of mourning for deceased siblings, three months of mourning for deceased aunts and uncles. It's wild that you get less time for your kid than your husband. I actually have that as a note. I said, why the hell are we mourning the husband more than our own children? What the hell? I mean, it's a little odd. Uh, but it also makes sense. Yeah. For the time period, I mean, obviously it makes sense for the time period, but also, like, I don't know. I feel like, don't you feel those losses maybe a little differently? Yes. Also... You really can't put a time for how long you're actually yeah, going to be Yeah, that's the thing that we should be focusing on, not whatever I'm going on about. This is just this how long you're supposed to be doing the morning dress. But grief is, we talked about this earlier, grief works differently for everyone, so... So they had to have, like, a new dress for every day? Um, they had the morning dress for the entire time period that they were mourning so you would be oh i'm sorry wait i worded this wrong you said before they didn't reuse the clothing ever yes. so like they had to have a different outfit for when every day they had to have a different outfit when another person died so when they oh yeah. oh all right so once that mourning period ended burn that sucker yes okay exactly so there were also different stages of mourning uh, most of the information that I have in this section comes from the article Mid-Late Victorian Morning Dress by Stephanie Celeberti on LancasterHistory.org. I just wanted to mention that because I did copy and paste so some things might be read verbatim. Um, and before we get into this, I wanted to mention that crepe was basically the fabric of mourning because it was stiff, black, and lifeless, the perfect fabric to represent death. So mm -hmm. I'll mention crepe a couple times in here uh, because Victorians were like, yep, that's that dress. It. That's, that's it. That's the thing. That's what we're doing. So before I go into the different stages, I wanted to mention men in mourning because most of the information that's in the different stages is specific to women, as we were saying before. So when a man was in mourning, they would wear their typical black suit with a black cravat. They would have a black necktie, a black hat band, black buttons and cufflinks, and then some men would also wear a black armband. Uh, that was typically reserved for men who had to wear a specific uniform, like servants who had a death in their household, or military men. And it was basically just like a black band that went like on your top part of your arm. Hmm. So I wanted to start with the deep mourning stage. So deep mourning had the strictest and most simple fashion choices. This stage typically existed for the widow mourning her husband for two years with fabrics of the deepest black without any luster or trimmings. Um, that made me think of the Fall Out Boy song, I'll Stop Wearing Black When They Make a Darker Color. It made me think of the scene in Parks and Rec where they're talking about the different fabrics and like charcoal, onyx, <laughs> like that's that's all accurate. I can um, young children were not expected to enter deep mourning because they were seen as too young to understand the loss, or adults didn't want to spoil their youthful fun. So children would typically wear white instead of black to symbolize their purity. Which I mean, that's pretty cool. That is interesting. Eliza Bisbee Duffy defines fabrics suited for deep mourning in The Ladies and Gentlemen's Etiquette, a Complete Manual of the Manners and Dress of American Society in 1877. So a list of fabrics uh, people would wear during deep mourning would be serge or heavy wool. I'm, I'm sure it's not called serge. S-E-R-G-E. So I'm just going to mention that. Bombazine, wool and silk, alpaca fiber, Delane or D-Lane, fine combing wool, 
merino, which is a thinner or soft wool, and our pal, crepe, for collars, cuffs, bonnets, and veils. Duffy prohibits the wearing of jewelry and states that all pins or buckles must be black. She also prohibits any trimmings, such as bows, flounces, and ruffles. The widow also should be wearing black gloves during this time. The only other color permissible besides black is the white widow's cap made of tarlatan or muslin. Black gloves for two years. That is wild. All I can think about is this book is the handbook for the survivors of the recently deceased. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what is actually in there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so now we're going to go into first morning. First morning comprises mourning for other relations not pertaining to the widow. Uh, they would wear deep black colors of crepe and tulle, black crepe collars, trimmings of bows, ruches, and frills in black crepe or tulle, black bonnet and crepe or bombazine. So basically as you go through the stages of mourning, you get to add more accessories. Hmm. So you start off with less, the longer you're in mourning, the more accessories you get. So did you get to decide when you moved on or was it all about timing? That's a great question. Because it almost feels like therapy through fashion. It does. Which I kind of love. If it's on their own timeline. So how long you were in mourning was determined by the social rules. So you didn't get to decide that. Oh. You are following societal standards. Yippee. Damn. I don't know. Maybe I still want to give it credit, though. Because um, at least you had time to mourn. Very and like true. society was like, hey, yo, take your time. They're in mourning. You only get so much time, but take your time. Yeah. I feel like that's more than what we get now. I would agree with that. So then we go into second morning. My first bullet in here says, but what about second breakfast? Because that's what I thought of when <laughs> I, I read it. I did too when you said that. So second morning begins to introduce a bit more elements. This stage is also considered the first stage for distant relatives or those who have previously worn black. So from here you have white collars and cuffs instead of black collars and cuffs. Net or tool veil instead of a crepe veil. We're getting rid of the crepe because we're getting out of the morning. Mm. Black jewelry, straw bonnet with black ribbon or crepe flowers, silk bonnet with black flowers, black silk, white shawl. So the list is getting longer and longer yeah. on what you're actually allowed to wear. Um, third morning and half morning, which is also known as lesser morning. Third morning and half morning sometimes get lumped together to be considered lesser morning. So here you can start wearing light gray or white. You can also still wear black. You can wear black lace bonnets with white or violet flowers, and you can have black or gold jewelry. So that's kind of the end. Um, well, but what about 11sies? That's a great question. <laughs> what about 11sies? So other accessories impacted by morning dress would be um, the bag that women were carrying, their fan, their parasol. They have morning handkerchiefs. Wow. What a time to be alive. And did you have to burn all of this when I, it was over? I don't know if they burned them or they sold them, but I go into this a little later. I know. I guess I just kind of like said that. <laughs> that they burned them. I guess I kind of assumed. <laughs> they just burn it all? Well, I mean, I guess the, what's the what's the other thing you do? Just throw it away? You just throw it away? I, mean, I guess you sell it, but I feel like that almost goes against. That's, yeah, that's probably also just like you know spreading the I mean? bad luck. So yeah. I was like, you Maybe burn it. Maybe burn them. Throw it in the river. So I have a section in here talking about remarrying during the morning period because I thought it was interesting. So of course, 
for the most part, only men got to remarry during the mourning period. No. If a man does remarry, the new wife has to assume mourning dress whether she knew the old wife or not. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> gotta deal with you, that heartbreak you didn't do. I mean, that's what you get, dude. Uh, like, I guess that's I mean, and how long do husbands mourn for? So it was only two years if you were a widow, so I have to imagine it's less than that. So you're remarrying. That's a that's pretty quick. That is a, that's a quick turnaround. That's a quick turnaround. So maybe it's fair that she got aware the morning. Honestly, yeah. Women would have to wait two and a half years before they could remarry. So they would have to wait their two-year mourning period and half a year. There were certain circumstances that would result in women being able to remarry after six months. So that would be if their husband was traveling abroad and went missing or died, apparently it was okay to remarry early. If their husband was sick for a long time before dying and they had children to feed. So a lot of this stuff happened. I didn't even think about like your husband has now died and for two and a half years you gotta be poor. Yeah. Basically. Yeah I was just about to go into um, this part happened a lot with working class women because they weren't working. Right. So if your husband died you gotta find a new husband. Yeah you have to find a new husband to feed your children. And so because of all of that morning wedding dresses were a thing. So they were white wedding dresses. Morning wedding dresses. It was not a sentence I thought I'd hear today. Me either. And I saw a picture of one. It was white with black trim. Very interesting. Mm. So funnily enough, during this time, white wedding dresses were just now starting to be a thing. And they actually started with Queen Victoria. Really? Which I thought, I didn't even think about that because we just assume white wedding dresses are common. I mean, that's what I've heard my entire life. I assumed it was like a religious thing from like the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Uh, But they actually weren't very mainstream during that time. So Mm -hmm. having like a morning wedding dress and it being black or things like that, it wasn't that crazy. I mean, it makes sense that they would be the generation to do it considering how often they were putting meaning on clothes and colors of clothes. Right. That checks out. It does. Victorians really do be figuring it all out for us. Well, they'd be doing something. I don't know about figuring it out. A different Uh, F word, maybe. (laughs) Um, So other miscellaneous info that I wanted to include, this is the part where I actually go into um, reusing morning clothes. So... Reusing morning clothes was typically frowned upon as it was seen as bad luck to keep black crepe in the house after the morning period, therefore it was discarded. I mean, that makes sense. So, because of this, pop-up morning houses became a very lucrative business. Pop-up morning houses. Pop-up morning houses. Like Kylie Jenner in the Georgian era being like, hey guys. So, I have a note in here that says, I'm upsetty spaghetti that I could have had many pop-up goth warehouses, essentially, but <sighs> people were scared of death and now we don't right. have them. Like, it's literally just a pop-up warehouse that sells morning clothes. It's literally, like, everything you want as a goth. That's pretty cool. And then, um, people who couldn't afford to buy new clothes would just dye their normal clothes darker. So, for all those working house people... That's smart. And except for then you're to get rid of them. (laughs) Kind of stinks. It is unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When there was a death in the house, black crepe was placed on the doorknob between the time of the actual death and the burial. Hmm. Bringing back the crepe. Well, was did they have a lot of it back then? Or I guess they did. Super they easy to, to access. This is years of using black crepe, getting rid of it, and, and buying more crepe. In a time where everyone was dying. In a time where everyone was dying or dead already. Wow. Insane. So that's pretty much everything that I had to cover. I just wanted to cover those two specifically because I think they're very interesting, um, and it's kind of a nice 
easy topic because I have been interested in it for a while, so I knew some of the information. Um, did you have any questions for me or anything you wanted to cover here? Do you know when it ended? What, when people started not what? doing Victorian? Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Thank you. So people stopped following the Victorian morning etiquette during World War One because many women had joined the workforce oh. and there was a significant increase in the number of casualties, yeah. which made it impractical for people to- Not sustainable. Exactly, yeah. because it was interrupting work. So Oh my were, God, it was capitalism? It was capitalism. Wow. So it was capitalism that probably got us here and then capitalism that then took it away. Absolutely. That's so, why is it always capitalism? Can I tell you that I saw a tweet about somebody talking about like the funny, or not the funniest, but like the most, how do I say this the right way? The one thing that a prof their historian professor had said to them, which is, if you like things, don't look at the history of them. Very true. Because you won't like them anymore. And I want to say, we've now, I mean, we're, in, this is probably what now, like our 10th episode that we've recorded. I do feel that way sometimes. I like, agree. we're looking at the history of things, and I'm like, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Like, I really thought this was fun, and now we're sitting here, and I'm like, I feel like now that I know I have no choice but to educate the people of, like, hey, <laughs> so bad news. So this really sucks, So actually. this really sucks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, of course, the one question I ask leads to fucking capitalism. Every time. I was waiting for you to be like, yeah, no, there was another queen that came by and was like, no, 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 this is drab and I'm bored. No, World War no, I. World War One. Well, I love that for us. I am excited. I'm going to try to find a picture of that wedding dress to put on our Instagram. Yeah, I have it saved, so we'll definitely oh, post a picture of that. Oh, wonderful, because... I, there's so many things in here that I think are so interesting. I want to throw up some like jewelry photos and stuff. Just the contrast of like what we call goth now versus that, which is also interesting because don't they say that goths are a sign of a recession? Have you heard that? I have heard that. I have heard that and seen it Where on TikTok people actually. Get, people get into like darker stuff during darker periods of economic stuff. That explains why there's been like a big goth boom yes. because of COVID. Yeah, COVID and all the economic stress. That makes sense. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So if you're here because you're like, I feel a little gothy, it might be the pandemic. <laughs> it, it could be a lot of things. You might need therapy. We all need therapy and that's fine. It's just a truck. It'll be fine. We're living. <laughs> Also, we talked about this when we were talking about Victorian morning jewelry. Victorian morning dress, as far as people still making it, that has kind of always been a thing because of goths, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because who doesn't want to look like an old-timey Victorian vampire? I know I do. Do you know what's interesting? As you were explaining what, the, what they look like and looking at pictures of it, isn't it odd that every ghost story from Victorian times are all wearing, like, morning clothes? Yeah. That's or so the nightgowns, you know, the little kids in their little... Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but they were kept innocent, so, I mean, that makes sense. Because they're wearing white. Yeah. Yeah. Would you look at that? The more you know. Well, thank you for being here and listening to us ramble about capitalism, <laughs> about Victorian morning <laughs> etiquette, and stay out, Arcadia.